Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Whether you're looking to get on your very first store shelf or you're looking to grow your national or even international food brand, this podcast is going to teach you what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale a packaged food brand. Hear the food founder journeys of brands growing in their industry so you can fast track your food business success. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Hello, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. I'm your host, Ainsley, and today I'm excited to have Alisa Pespakova from Kind Root here with us. Alisa, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to have you here because I've tried your product. I actually have some right here. Kind Root um, Adaptogens, uh, Adapted Gems, and I think you've got a great product, and I love what you're doing. So can you just kick it off by letting us know what is Kind Root? What do you sell, and who are you for? Yeah, no, absolutely. So Kind Root Adapted Gems, we're the first line of functional lozenges on the market. So, you know, we take aromatic flavors and beneficial actives, whether, you know, they're herbal, they might be synthetic, and we put them together um, in a very nice, even slow release lozenge that you can enjoy in your mouth and also get the benefits of aromatherapy. Um, And, you know, truly where for everyone, you know, we have four functional SKUs right now. So there's one for sleep, there's one for mood, there's one for focus, there's a beauty one for glow with collagen that we know is really trending right now. And uh, um, I am currently working on some more blends. So, you know, as we're sort of expanding, I'm hoping that it's a product that anybody can try, try and enjoy throughout the day. How did you come to develop this product? I mean, adaptogens have been growing, but like, what made you think to put it in this format? Like, talk to us, take us way back to the beginning when this all started. Like, how did this, <laughs> how did this gem of an idea come to you? <laughs> how did I get myself on the entrepreneurial trouble yeah. journey? Yes. Um, no, it's a good question. So I personally have asthma. And whenever I get sick, I just get a cough that lasts like, you know, like three weeks at a time. And so during that time, I always consume a lot of lozenges. Um, and it was two years ago, it was like the day before Valentine's Day, I was standing at Walgreens, and I was going to grab another lozenge. And it just was one of those moments in life, you know, when things just sort of become apparent. And I remember looking at the aisle and I was like, you know, this is interesting. I've been buying the same Ricola, Vicks, whatever it is for the past 20 years. And I just kind of walk in there, I grab it, I leave, I don't really connect with it. There hasn't really been anything interesting done in the category whatsoever. Um, And I'm not emotionally connected to it in any kind of way, right? Like I just swap one product for another. So I started thinking about developing this, like a different kind of lozenge, both from the standpoint of, you know, ingredients, like I wanted something that was, you know, very natural, organic, I wanted the flavors to be soothing, you know, a lot of times you put menthol in them, which actually irritates your throat in the long run. But also something that, you know, me having a brand background, something that was sort of emotionally connected to the consumer and was exciting. So as I was thinking about it, this was still sort of like a cough drop. I was traveling at LAX and I was going through TSA and I had my adaptogenic powders with me because I've been taking adaptogen for a while now. And they stopped me because I put it into like this shady little like Ziploc bag and they were like, what is this? And once they cleared me to go, I literally remember it was like this moment again, I was on the escalator, a Delta terminal going up. And I was like, you know, it would actually be kind of interesting to think of lozenges as a delivery method rather than like just the lozenge itself. And what, what if we made them functional? And 
you know, what if we actually married the different, um, you know, flavors with aromatherapy and just made this whole entire experience. And that is basically, that was sort of that, you know, I got on my red eye flight. And then as I was sitting there, I was like, it'd be really great to actually have melatonin that tasted good. And I could close my eyes. And, you know, within sort of a couple of days, like the idea really, really came together. Of course, it took then another 18 months to actually pull it all together in the way that it's presented to everybody now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was just sort of something that was very, very clear to me that was needed, something that I didn't see anybody doing. And I just decided to go for it. Yeah, that category really needed like some mm -hmm. shaking up. It's so yeah. old and dusty. Like it was just prime for this. Um, so, so happy that you actually like saw that, wanted to bring something to market and decided to act on it because a lot of people have these brilliant ideas and they're so great mm -hmm. but they don't do anything on it so what mm -hmm. made you realize that no I need to do something or I mm -hmm. want to do something how did you go from idea to actually doing it because most people don't take that leap no so you know one of the things that I think gets me in trouble a lot is that I sort of have this attitude of like well how hard can it be you know and, uh, and it's actually kind of hard <laughs> like in retrospect there's sort of a lot of steps um, but I also, you know, I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur for a really long time. I've had a lot of different ideas, but I don't think any of them really felt like as tangible. I think when this came together, I was kind of like, hey, you know, I spent the last 15 years in CPG brand management. I know exactly the steps I need to do to take this to market, although obviously at a much smaller scale. I was passionate about, you know, the category. I also went to herbalist school. So um, I had a lot of knowledge in terms of like blending different herbs together. So it felt really doable, I think. I think that's sort of like key. It, it felt like I could accomplish it and I felt like I could be successful um, bringing it to the market. That doesn't mean that throughout that entrepreneurial journey, which I think is very, very common, there's points when you're like, why did I, you know, like, how am I, you know, but they, by that point, thankfully, you're already far along enough to where you sort of can't give up on it. There's a lot of like sunk time and time and cost. But I think that would be my advice to an aspiring entrepreneur, like just go for it, break it out into little um, pieces and uh, um, just start, you know, don't get overwhelmed by this idea of like launching a product Focus on first, just even putting a deck together, you know, and see if that kind of comes together and then go from there. I think that's really good advice to so just like take it chunk by chunk, start mm -hmm. to like climb that mountain step by yeah. step versus imagining, oh my gosh, and then we're going to run out of stock at Whole Foods. And you're like, yeah, hold on. You don't even have a product. Yeah. Like, <laughs> start where you are. Um, no, it's very true. And I still do that, you know, today because I think that never really stops. Like, I think there's so many things to kind of constantly think about, like, how do I solve this? How do I solve that? And I think that is my biggest lesson every day is like, what do I need to accomplish today and tomorrow? I think it's important to plan for the future and have the strategy but I don't necessarily think you need to solve the problem that you might face two years down the line today, you know, like focus on what's, what's important now. And that's hard. I think it's hard to do because you always like have all these grand visions. When, if you could go back to the beginning days of when you mm -hmm. first started this, yeah. what would be something that you wish you knew then that you now know a few years in? 
Oh, gosh. I mean, I think that, you know, there's sort of positive and negative. I think positive is that there's usually a solution through through everything. There really is. And I think that that is why I think entrepreneurs that sort of make it get better as they go, because you do get that confidence at some point. You hear no so many times that every time you sort of went over that no, you're like, okay, I feel like I can actually truly move mountains. So I think that was one of the things is that early on, like, there's just a lot of discouragement, right? Like, if you're looking for a co-packer, the amount of people told me that this isn't going to work and like nobody wants this or people only want gummies. Like I just, you know, I heard all of it. Right. So being able to persevere through that, I think is really, really important. I think the other thing is personally being really protective of my time and understanding how to wind up and wind down. I'm a lot more at this point, careful with like giving myself rest or having, you know, a weekend off or taking a few hours or whatever it is, because I saw a very direct link to my creativity and how it's so easy to get into the monotony of like, I need to do more, I need to do more. And I'm much better at like stepping back now and saying like, no, I need a few hours because then I will come back and it will actually be much, much better at, um, at doing it, whatever it is that I need to be whatever it is I need to do. I think that's a really big piece for entrepreneurs because you just want to like push through, right? But when you take a step back, you've allowed your brain to kind of put Mm -hmm. everything together and you're looking at things differently and you come back renewed versus, you know, hitting your head against the wall, like over and over again, trying to solve a problem. You just step away for an hour, great, come back, comes like this, you same time. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I think it's really easy to feel guilty. I mean, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and I think we all feel guilty around like, oh, I should be doing more. Like I'm out for a walk, but I could be writing that email or I could be working on the sell shit or whatever it is, you know? But I found that for me, there's certain things I can kind of keep doing without rest. Like I can like run operations, I can, you know, bang those things out. But I think when it comes to product development or thinking about the brand or the voice or how I'm connecting with consumers, I need time to be creative. I need to be recharged. And I think the output that comes out is much better. So I really look at that time as an investment now rather than sort of like a throwaway time as I used to look at it before. So I think my outlook very much changed. You talk a little bit about the route to sales for mm-hmm. this. Um, and mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about this at the beginning when we were off air, but um, yeah. what's it been like for you going to sell this, this product and you're Mm -hmm. both online and in stores, correct? Yeah. 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 So we've been doing both, um, which was intentional. Um, so I did, you know, I thought from the beginning that it would both work online because it's a supplement. I think, you know, people sort of shop for that need, but I also thought that as a concept and bread packaging, it would work well on retail. So even, you know, like I was going, I was measuring shelves at, you know, stores, making sure it fit. I took the colors into like fluorescent light at a store to make sure like, you know, because sometimes it looks really nice on a photo shoot, but then you walk into a store and you're like, oh, what I thought was blue actually looks green, right? So we thought through all of those things. And when we launched, there were a few um, key retailers that we launched with, you know, Clean Market in New York um, was actually our first um, account and they like took this huge chance on us and it's amazing and they have since expanded and we're expanding with them so it's amazing um, you know Erewhon here in LA is another big one but what's actually been interesting for us is that we are now distributed for example with anthropology which wasn't on my original account list like I really thought I was developing the product for natural grocery space. And it's sort of interesting how many buyers reached out to me from, you know, Anthropology, Bloomingdale's, like so on and so forth. And when I asked them how they found us, 
they say Instagram. And so that's a very interesting way of approaching a sales channel, right? Where it's like, it's somebody who saw us as a consumer who also works in a function that resonated with them. They're now interested in bringing us in. So I think that really changes how you look at sort of your mix of communication, how you're approaching it, right? And how you're targeting the account, sort of, I would say, passively, right? Like I didn't reach out to them, but I clearly put out a message that that resonated. Um, so that's been an interesting learning. I totally did not anticipate that we would get so much sort of like inbound interest just based on sort of what we're posting out there. And then overall, it also has been actually interesting because we don't really have competition in a sense in the category. We're very unique, right? So, and, you know, from competitive standpoint, you know, gummies choose perform well. So I think there's already sort of like a learning there. But we're a very different delivery mechanism that's a little bit more sensory. There's a little bit of more mouthfeel um, involved. So we've actually had really good response with buyers wanting to bring us in and give us a chance. I think what you just shared there about the fact that you're some of these stores that found you, like they found you Mm -hmm. from Instagram. And I think that's a really Mm -hmm. important takeaway for people because sometimes if you're in those Mm -hmm. early stages, I see people in kind Mm -hmm. of two camps. I'm going to go all in Instagram and do everything there. And they're kind of forgetting about the most important piece, which is sales. Um, And then other people are like, I'm not touching it at all. I'm only focusing on sales. But when you're creating a brand, which you have done such Mm -hmm. a great job, you're not selling a product, you're you're selling a brand. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing that, like people, of course, are going to find you on Instagram. This is where people are finding products these days. So if you are listening to this and you're trying to create a brand, Mm -hmm. you got to show up like that everywhere. You can't just have a great looking product. You can't just have a delicious product. Um, It's got to be everywhere and that you never know where it's coming from. I love that people have found you (laughs) on Instagram in like these (laughs) lifestyle stores that are not grocery. That's that's incredible. And that is testament to the fact that you have created a brand with a very clear target audience, a very Mm -hmm. clear brand message. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I know who's going to pick this up. Like, and they're going to feel so good having it in their cover. Like, it's so clear. You, you've really nailed it. No, thank you. Thank you. And I think that, you know, that is another learning. Like I was very intentional from the beginning of, um, you know, cause people will ask me a lot of times, they're like, do you think it's too girly? Like, do you think you're going to bring out something for men? And I always ask them like, do you mean like I'm going to put great packaging and it's going to be angular instead of curvy? I'm like, no, it's not, it's not the brand. Right. And I'm like, and I'm hoping that, you know, if like somebody male wants to pick it up, it will still resonate with them because it sort of is what it is. Like, I think it's, we're not trying to be everything for everyone. Although each one of the blends could actually be enjoyed by, you know, anybody out there. But I think that's important. I think it's important to have a really strong uh, point of view, especially in today's marketplace where there's so many brands. And I think the barrier to entry for a lot of brands is much lower, um, you know, especially with like Shopify and Instagram and all of that kind of stuff. So um, I think you have to be, I think you have to be unique. What are you working on next? What's, what's new for the business? I know you mentioned that you're talking about some new flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the new stages of the company that you're working on right now? Yeah, absolutely. So we've had a lot of interest. So the past couple of months, we actually just moved into bigger production facilities. So that's huge for us because actually some of those inbound calls that we're receiving, we can actually fulfill. That was one of the big issues previously that people would reach out and say, we want, but we want you. And I would be like, I don't know, I have to allocate it because it was, we were really truly producing in very, very hand making it in very small batches. So that was, I think a huge thing, a huge piece for us. Uh, we are working on a new flavor that I'm super excited about that I think will be perfect for those wintertime months and just, you know, immunity season, all those things that are coming up. So 
that is uh, coming on board in the next couple months. We have some really amazing um, retailers coming on board, um, also follow the holiday season, and we're actually also going to be expanding internationally. So lots, lots, lots in the works. That's exciting. Lots of continued growth for the company. Mm-hmm. And where are you guys at right now in terms mm-hmm. of your your company size? How many people are there? Like, have you been able to grow, bring some of the other CPG yeah. friends with you to like be on this wonderful journey? Or what does that expansion look like? Yeah, no. So that's a really good question. So the company in terms of like truly paying attention to it is me. And then um, talking about CPG friends, I think that has actually been one of the keys to success is that over the past few years, you know, working in a lot of these companies, I have friends helping me on sort of freelance basis that I normally would never have access to, you know, they normally would be way too expensive, but they're, they understand the what I'm trying to build. And they're excited to be a part of that journey. In the sense, I kind of see them as sort of almost like unspoken co-founders, right? They're really helping me shape the company. So I think operating in the lean way, I sort of see ourselves continuing with that model for for a while um, and being really mindful with, you know, who we sort of bring on um, full time when we're ready. That's exciting. Well, it's great to have access to those people and bring them mm-hmm. in as needed. It allows you to be nimble and mm-hmm. and it's working. So that's that's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've been very, very blessed in that sense. For anyone who's at those like early stages right now of their business, what what advice do you have for them um, running a running a packaged food or bev company? <laughs> I'm sure you've got lots. <laughs> you know, I would say honestly, the biggest thing I think, and this will be funny because we're called kind of rude, but I think self kindness as a as a founder is really really important. Um, I think it's so easy to like beat yourself up compare yourself to somebody else, like where they're at. And I think I'm more and more believing in like, you know, turning inward and looking at where's your company, what does it make sense for you to do and taking a lot of that time. So I, you know, to me, I think it in a truly founder driven company, I think it all kind of comes back to you nurturing yourself so you can nurture the company um, and take it further. And then also you know, just be nimble, be open, be kind of prepared for the unexpected, both the good and the bad. And um, I think generally things will, you know, with perseverance, they will work out. I think you were talking earlier about like taking that first step of actually launching the company. I mean, I think that's sort of like the big one. But then I think after that, really, it's, it's slow and steady. It's just taking step after step every day and not kind of worrying about, you know, the big mountain in the head, you know, just do what you need to do and continue solving it. Can I ask what some of your go-to self-care routines are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So for me, it's interesting. I am an extrovert, but I recharge in an introvert kind of way. So for me, you know, working out yoga, like really sweating, like that physical activity, I think is, I think is huge. So there's definitely times where I'm like, okay, I need to just, you know, turn on some music. I'm going to go take a bath or I'm going to, I just need alone time um, to recharge and do that. Listening to a lot of podcasts, going on walks. And then I'm sort of, you take, I take those couple hours and then I come back and then I'm ready to sort of be with people and inspiring them, but then also getting inspired and like, sharing that energy back and forth, which I think is really, really important. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm extrovert, but I recharge. Like I need, I need my own time. Yeah. I totally yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, sometimes it's also like, 
let's be real. It's also just like a Netflix, you know, binge. Like I just need like three hours of some horrible show or whatever it is. And that thing that pops up that says, are you still watching? And I'm like, yes, I'm still watching. You know, I'm like maybe I should go do some work, but I'm going to still watch. And, you know, and I think that sometimes that's okay. And I'm like, I'm learning to give myself permission to be doing those kind of things. And then, you know, taking a meeting off and then, you know, starting the next day strong. I think you really embodied the name of your company, <laughs> Kind Root, and that is so refreshing to see. Well, thank you. Where can people find you? I know we chatted a little bit about it. Um, anyone mm-hmm. who's listening right now that wants to go and pick you up, where can they find you? So kindroot.com, definitely go check us out. There's a lot of information on our site around the blends, the actives, you know, what we, why, why we do what we do. Definitely follow us on Instagram. Um, we put a lot of uh, kind of heart and soul into content and making it uplifting. Um, so we always love getting some shout outs there. And then, you know, online, we're distributed anthropology um, and then natural stores throughout LA and then also New York area. But we're working on growing distribution. So hoping, hoping to be national pretty soon. That's great. That's exciting. I sh- I'm sure we're going to see you pop up a lot more. <laughs> yeah, you're, you've got a great product, really unique spot in the market. And thank you for refreshing the lozenge market. <laughs> thank you for enjoying it. I think that's, you know, I think when you're working on something that's unique, you kind of oscillate between two sides where you're like, I'm either onto something that people haven't seen or somebody else is seeing something or everybody else is seeing something that I'm not, right? And so you're like in that space of like, am I into something or am I really just off the wrong off the wrong space? So I think every time somebody like buys your product or a retailer picks it up, like it's a little bit of that validation. It's like, okay, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe, maybe there is actually something there. So thank you so much. I mean, it, it just really means a lot. Yeah. Well, you guys are onto something for sure. Thank you for sharing your journey. And I'm so excited to continue to watch you grow um, and expand and take over and refresh the market. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank Talk you. Soon. Bye. The Food Founders Podcast is brought to you by the Fab Growth Academy, the online hub for driven food and beverage business owners that want to get on more shelves, get into more homes, and really grow their food business. Inside the Fab Growth Academy, FAB standing for food and beverage. You'll have unlimited access to tools, resources, and training from myself and my food friends. So if you know you have a great product, let's work on building the business side of things so that more people can enjoy it and you can make the impact I know you want to make with your business. The Fab Growth Academy is now open. So hop on over to growmyfoodbrand.com to join me and your fellow food founders inside the Fab Growth Academy. I cannot wait to see you in there and help you grow your business.